Welcome to the Old Chats Pod with me, Amesh here. And me, James Factor. This podcast will tackle the taboo topic of mental health in a raw, honest and jovial way. With two good mates who've met in London, talk about their own mental health hiccups with some help from some special guests along the way. After a few months recording and a few hours lost on tape, we're finally here. The first episode. This is the Intros Chats. So here we talk about why we both wanted to start a podcast around mental health and why we believe now is the right time to do so. And I know the pair of us would both like to thank people for giving us the confidence to do such a thing. And we will personally thank you in due course. But for now, plug in your headphones, tune in and listen to us both talk in an honest and open way. And make sure you don't miss the triple threat ending to hear some real anxiety in action. So it's a question for you, Factor. So why did you uh, accept this offer? Probably what? Must have been about this time last year. I think it was a pub in Hammersmith, wasn't it? Mate, I don't remember that at all. Like... <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> don't lie. You can't, you can't we, throw me under the bus. You can't throw me under the bus. No, I do, yeah. No, um, I thought it was a great idea, yeah. I don't know why I didn't follow up on it the next day. I must have been hungover. But now's a good time. Now's a good time as any to get, <laughs> yeah. to get in, involved with it. So... Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited about doing it actually. And I think for me, it's just, if why now it's because I think it was about, um, just getting a bit of perspective on it and, you know, maybe two or three years ago, maybe four, it would have been harder for me to speak about it to people. So I think, you know, when, when we had that chat, it was just, you know, another person who I you know, could confide in about it. And then there'd been other people who were doing that. And I think the atmosphere now you know, it's, it's getting better for people to talk about these kind of things. And every time I have spoken to someone, it's helped. So that's kind of, you know, why, why do this now? It's, it's just to get more people doing that and just getting them to just talk about anything they want, really. It's on their mind, even if they think it's a little thing. And just being aware that, you know, people are, are there to listen and they, they do want to, to listen. They do want to help you out with stuff. So don't feel that, you know, you're burdening someone um, by coming to them because, the vast majority of times that I've done it they've been happy that I've done it and they've wanted to help out but I think at the moment you know obviously sports has done a lot recently to help people with mental health but I think there's there's always there's always work to be done with it and that if you're not if you're not doing something like this and encouraging more people to get in touch like if there's someone who still feels that they can't speak to someone about this then there's work to be done on the subject so You know, that's one reason for, for this going out there. And then just also to people who, if they are possibly around people who they think might be struggling as well, and that if they, they might be family or friends, but they might not really know what to do about someone if they think that they're in that kind of rut and they've gone quiet and they're not, uh, they're not their selves anymore, then just telling them, you know, that it's, it's okay to go up to someone, even if they seem like gloomy and, and shut off. It's really important to just keep prodding on that and just try and get a response and just not be afraid to just ask someone up front you know are you okay and then if you get a firm reply that says they're fine and leave it out then then you know you've you can at least you've you've sort of made an attempt to try and speak to someone about it and then the other one is just i just want to be hearing what other people have been doing with their mental health as well and they're you know we've said that we're not by no means experts on the subject we don't we don't claim to be and that um we just want to be 
speaking to other people who have gone through you know maybe tough times and then hearing how they coped with it and then learning from their experience and then the more people that talk about their the techniques that they have now maybe for not getting back into that state and then sharing that knowledge is is really important so yeah what about you Mish? quite a few reasons probably intertwined with those but i think a big one for me is like changing the rhetoric about mental health and the way that people speak to speak about it previously it was quite there's quite a lot of negative connotations about it but like you said before it's creating this environment where encouraging people to talk so it kind of took me about i think it's about nine years to actually do anything do anything about it and i never wish that upon like my worst enemy like you have some real low points but this whole things like this just can help encourage people to talk talk to people near them it's just a way of helping like i think i've got a strong desire i think the same view mate when you said like got quite a strong desire to help people and kind of people learn from our mistake mistakes to an extent but just kind of what we've kind of done as well i wish i had something like this when i was suffering with worst points like you always hear about celebrities and things going through it you don't really know how they've come out the other side it's always quite tricky to see but i think a massive thing for me like you said is like it's learning from other people there's always going to be an education where we can find pick up techniques from different people or how they've dealt with it and everyone's different like there's no there's never a one size fits all when it comes to mental health. Yeah. But that's, that's like a big, big thing for me is the quest of like helping others. Cause I don't know if it's the same for you, but when we're not, we're not coming out like with messiahs over here and like all very wise, but when you go through these sort of things, you can kind of pick up points on other people or pick up like mannerisms of the people, which were like, Oh, that reminds me of what I was like, but you were like yeah. that. You, you did, you were like that. You didn't know why. And now you have a bit of awareness. It's like, oh, you don't want people yeah. to suffer like you did. It's interesting that he said that, how you wish that what we're doing now, if um, if you'd have heard something like that, you know, maybe when you were younger and going through that stuff, then it would have been a massive help. And I, I feel actually exactly the same way because it's, it's I guess, when if you're in that kind of, um, that kind of mental rut when, when, you know, you're not right and you know that you're not right and you know that it's not just a bad day, but it's just, you know, a bad state of mind. Yeah. Um, then you're not, you're not looking for that at all, you know, and you don't, you just black out, you black out any kind of discussion about it. You black out any kind of um, outwards kind of recognition of it at all. But if, yeah. if someone was speaking about it in a really open way on a, on a platform for everyone to hear, then, I think it really would have um, penetrated that wall that I'd put up. Yeah. And then that would have been really helpful for me to, to have heard that. So yeah, that's definitely, you know, if that can happen for anyone else then it's, it's definitely worth it. And it's one of those things where I don't, mental health will never go away. It's always an illness. It's always an illness that's going to be there in like years time. That's like always going to be there to anyone, but it's, it can be so preventable, like stopping it before it gets exaggerated. A bit like this coronavirus, mate, we could have stopped at its core and then, stopped it till he got till it mutated around the, around the globe but um but this is how, like, this we, is, how could we how could we have stopped it to start with oh who knows mate should yeah yeah <laughs> but no i like, yeah. think the whole point of this is just i just want to we, we both want to be honest about it things don't we like it's pretty, pretty frank pretty open i think you're the same with me when like when I, i've opened up and stuff about it it's great that people are like oh this is great you're doing it but i don't think the same for you mate i don't like Neither of us need a pat on the back. Like, it's just, it's a case of, I think we just actually want to do this to help people. Because like I said, like, I see so yeah. many, I see so many tendencies in like close friends and family. You can never, you can never force people to do something about it, but you can always encourage people to be, 
you always you always encourage people to talk also you're always there to listen like i think i think in this day and age like listening is such an underrated quality everyone always feels as if they've got to be like one up on each other yeah just i think it's so yeah it's like kind of be like an ego thing as well when it's like those people who are trying to don't know build themselves or build an image for them those are often the ones that could be the most what like sharing 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 anything in general is just like it's, it's no i don't know thing. i don't know don't want to, they don't want to give out you know vulnerability or or even you know anything else that like knowledge or, or weakness you just want to you don't want to lose ground on someone else do you, do you think it's, it's a competitive thing or is it a kind of fear thing um a bit of birth really yeah like i don't see this as a competitive thing like, i think we're both doing this off our own back what we're both doing is just being pretty honest and, and vulnerable in the sense of like look like everyone doesn't need to do this like you only need to console in a few friends and stuff but i like to think by by doing what we're doing here we can outreach to so many more people That's always a weird thing. I was thinking this week where if we set this up like 10, 10 years ago, I don't know how it would be taken. Yeah. But I feel as if it kind of leads into the point where, how do you think it's changed in like society, say like the last 10, 15 years? I guess I've, I've thought about, you know, when I think back to, so I'm now 29, nearly 30, that's, I was aware of having, you know, anxious feelings and thoughts probably from, probably after school actually I think I, I found school quite you know a safe spot um in general because uh, I was lucky enough to go to you know it was a decent school and um a very stable environment from home and in the school so I think um it was the end of that and just the uncertainty about what came next um and thinking about you know what to do with with studying after that or and uh life plans and and just the complete randomness and openness of of the world after school that for me that was I remember that very clearly after the last exam we had um it wasn't a celebratory mood for me like everyone well, everyone else was just yeah you know go off and, and celebrating and I, I didn't quite feel the same enthusiasm for it I just felt quite daunted actually by you know what was going to come next so just was that the, because you were scared of was that because you were scared of what was going to come next or like you're outside of the safe school zone yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I I, I actually quite like school. You know, I was I, I like the environment. I like the structure of it. We've spoken a bit before about you know, for me, just my personality I, to have structures in place, and then to do yeah. things around that is really important. And without that, I, I do struggle. So, but I didn't know that at the time. You know, that's it's something that took me till you know after university and after picking up <clears throat> picking up shoulder problems within rugby, and then that led to the anxiety and to the getting into a couple of really you know quite bad dark spots yeah. and, and not knowing that that was even you know my kind of personality type and that I might be susceptible to that so I think um when I when I think about how much discussion there is now around it and then put myself back into that position where I didn't really feel like it, I didn't feel like I could speak to anyone but but also, I didn't think, you know, what would you really say? I, I didn't know, I didn't have the vocabulary to really explain what was going on at that time. So, and that only just, that just got worse throughout university as well when struggling with a, a new place, you know, a new team, the big wide world. Um, 
I imagine now, I don't know if you know more about this than I do, Mesh, but I, I imagine there's more discussions at an earlier age now in school. But I don't know if when your yeah, first, like when your first yeah. feeling was, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think as people are getting more, as it's getting more understood by people, I think I like to think back at schools and things now, people are a bit more open to that sort of, um, this sort of aspects. But I think, yeah, go back to when I heard it, so when I was like, same same age to be fair, 18, I like just had to finish school, it's like a bit of that area of uncertainty. So I kind of like messed up a couple of my exams. So to, instead of going through clearing to university, I took a year out. Um, but that was like when I got diagnosed at first of all for the GP. Maybe a bit different to you. I didn't really tell my family, I told my friends. But that was that was a weird thing that I was thinking about where I always remember it. I was at my mate's house. There's like three or four of us just playing PlayStation. I think we ended up, I think we were playing FIFA and we ended up just talk about like depression and like sport and things. I think it was just kind of, I think it was one of the players was on. Then I would just came up, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of got diagnosed with it like a couple of months ago. And I always remember as like, you kind of like, fell on deaf ears, like you could hear like a pink pin drop. That was just the sense of like, I don't really? think, yeah, I don't think my mates knew what to say. And then they just kind of carried yeah. on as normal. And we were like, oh no. But you, that was, that, that was the first time. But you felt all right. Yeah, I don't know. But you felt all right talking about it. That's interesting that, yeah, in, in a, in a, in, a FIFA atmosphere, you know, a friendly yeah. environment for around at a mate's house, you felt okay to say. But that was the thing, though. That was the thing, though. So, I do like three or four of my best mates, and I just said, I kind of, like, said it. And I think the way that they reacted probably definitely affected me in the sense that I didn't really speak about it until, like, years later. Really? And I kind of I kind of opened up to, like, one of my, another good mate, I thought, well, I thought it was one of my best mates at the time, and just, like, one-on-one. We're in his car, and I kind of opened up about it. Yeah. And even he was just a bit, like, I think it was kind of boys as well who just didn't really say anything and they're all just a bit like shocked as much what but did you what I think yeah like sorry what did you think they were I'm really interested to hear like what you thought first of all they were going to say back at the time before before you came out with it with with explaining yeah, that's it. a good question you know? that's a really good question I didn't I didn't know what I was expecting to get out of it by saying it if that makes sense yeah like when I said it I was just I don't know I kind of I think I kind of needed someone to speak to about it. Yeah. Except for like, because obviously I just got down into the GP, didn't didn't tell my parents. I was like, I didn't want to keep it a secret to an extent. Um, yeah, I think that was the main thing. I think I just, I just need to speak to someone about it. And unfortunately, obviously not begrudge that like we're still good mates now, but I don't I don't resent it to them. But it's a sense of, I think if we open up like, for example, now, say if we open up to our mates, like think if I was 18 in that time in my mate's house now, if you open up to your mates about it, they'd be like, Oh yeah, I've experienced it, or Sansa's experienced it. Like a bit more accommodating to speak to about it. But I think that kind of goes hand in hand what we were saying about how the whole society is changing. The sense of it doesn't need celebrities, I think, to, to come out and talk about mental health issues, but just the normal conduct and Joe blogs to kind of talk about yeah. it. But I mean, yeah, that's just kind of where that's kind of my opinion. I think is I don't want to say it's like an exciting time for mental health, but I think it's just the fact that people are kind of open to it now and realize probably realize the, the benefits of having a good mental health versus yeah negative. i don't think you'd get well i don't know you know if that kind of reaction would happen again but um just uh which i'm just interested to know more about that so when but when um when you got diagnosed how did you go in yourself and want to talk to someone about that or how, how did that process for anyone else who you know might be that age or going through that what what did you how did it happen yeah, well, uh, so I kind of like knew, kind of knew something was up in the sense of, so basically I'd finished school, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a gap year, um, like revising recent exams, and then 
doing like part-time work and stuff. And I always remember like my friends who'd gone to university, I'd be getting like missed calls, like voicemails, like two, three in the morning. And like on a Tuesday, like a student night, or like, like just like junk thing. And I'm like, I'm getting up at like half six, seven for work here. And I was a bit like, all my mates were at uni. I was kind of at home, still with my dad, just a bit like, I don't know, it kind of came on top of me in the sense of, I didn't really know, not necessarily a sense of belonging, but I didn't really have any direction. And it was a bit like I was like struggling to get out. Like, it was a part-time job, so I wasn't working every day at the time. Yeah. Um, and then like, there's some days I was like struggling to get out of bed. Or, like, it's when stuff that normally used to excite you and make you happy, actually, like you don't have that feeling anymore. And that's when I think the penny dropped. Um, and that's just when I went to the GP and I talk, basically told my parents that I hurt my knee playing football. Obviously, didn't like, obviously not lie that sort of sense. Went to the yeah. GP and like talked about what was going on. And he kind of had like a questionnaire. And that was when he was like, yeah, this is like Diana's like mild depression. You could have antidepressants, but I think the best thing to do, for you to do is to talk to someone about it. And that probably goes hand in hand while I spoke to my mates. Um, hoping to, I don't know what I was trying to get. I was probably just listening to the doctor, doctor advice. Yeah, and um, just for your, I mean, having, it's interesting, you, I mean, you were eight, 17, 18, what, at the time when that happens? Yeah. So that's, that's, I think that's, you know, for an 18-year-old to do that, I think that takes quite a lot of, you know, foresight and self, you know, drive to get yourself sorted out at that age. I don't, I don't think many others potentially would, would go to that length to sort it. I mean, I, I did something similar to that when I, after university when I was sort of 22, 23. And again, I'd sort of taken a year out and wasn't really sure what I was doing. And it's it's the same thing when friends are doing stuff and when, when they're all doing, you know, the yeah. job and they're getting on with it and they've all got it seemingly figured out and you're looking at that. And then that's when the the doubts and everything else starts to pile up. And then that, I mean, that, yeah. that's when I went to, you know, speak to someone about it. And similar to you, it was just that you just knew something was up. Um, and yeah, I got I got told um, to you know I'd be, they said beta blockers would be something to help out with uh, yeah. with the anxiety. Um, obviously, keep exercising and stuff. But there, there was no like you know talk. There was no real chat about it. You know that was only six or seven years ago now. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how things might have changed now from it, but. Um, it's interesting when you say, I mean, when you either in the team or at work or in any other time as well, do you look at particularly younger people now and think there might be uh, a chance, you know, for them to speak to you or do you, do you ever think, do you look out for that more yeah, now? Like, that you can yeah. Yeah. I think definitely. I, think, I bet you can probably, probably agree with me here is in the sense of, when you kind of go through it, you kind of realise, you kind of go back in your mind and think, oh yeah, I did that because of that. Like, join the dots, especially when I saw like a therapist and a counsellor and stuff. Those few days when I go back into work, you can kind of like, obviously not psychoanalyze people, you can kind of tell, or you can kind of like, that's when you kind of acknowledge, oh, people might be doing this because of this, or like insecurities or things like that. But it's, it's such a weird, like, such a fascinating topic where it's one of the things where you don't know about until you've actually learned about it. You always want to be there to help, but obviously, like I said, we 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 said this before, you can't force people. Like it's such a big step to make that first first initial step, but you've got to be the one, like put the arm around them, and they just need someone to listen to. I think, you, but that's the thing. Do you? That's all gone. Yeah, no, I I think you said it best earlier actually when you said like, it's just just making someone 
it's interesting how you say like in a team or or, or work or something even like now like at the HSC you've got I know who the, the two or three people are in in that team of 60 70 men that I would go yeah. to to speak about something now and that yeah. I feel comfortable with and that's because they at some point in the past since I've known them have shown that vulnerability in some capacity and and or they they've they've taken the time to speak about an issue that they've had previously and that's have they talked to you directly as in have they out like directly said it or have you just kind of picked up on it? they they actually spoke they, they directly spoke um huh. so and I, I mean it's just i mean i don't know it's just showing it get showing that kind of that um the capacity that you you know have gone maybe gone through something like that as well and would understand mm. it and then i just think that that's that's quite pervasive that can be quite effective and that, yeah, that, that really spreads i think in a group of people oh for, for the benefit yeah massively and like even though i said you can kind of pick up like people's slight tendencies 80 90 percent of the people you probably can't tell there's loads of like that's one thing i bet you probably found out the same where until I open up about like mental health issues the amount of people are like, oh, I'd never have guessed it from you and like things like that but once you do do that like things like this podcast eh, you like to think people can come speak to us about these sort of things yeah and, that, um, and that's when that's the that's when that's the breakthrough yeah that's it and that that is the thing that you you won't you won't really know like we're talking now about some there's yeah. some telltale signs that you know we can probably both spot um and to do with more to do with like social you know interaction and people you know there's the more of say obvious i mean they're not obvious but that you we could spot them better with sort of someone being quieter than usual or just not yeah, not, not coming out on socials where you know there's there's that but then there's also actually in a in a lot of cases you 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 wouldn't guess really like from my background and perspective i would work incredibly hard at that front image to be maintained yeah. as, as well as oh, possible God, yeah. And it can it can be having spoken to people now, my friends, you know, when I was going through that bad patch and, you know, with saying, would you have noticed anything in particular? And they, they wouldn't have done. And I don't think that's them not not being diligent. I just think that people yeah. will be very, will do anything to keep up that facade. And I just know from experience of speaking to other people who have gone through um you know bad patches and have known people who've gone through it you you don't you don't know so th the best thing yeah. you can do is is just be just demonstrate that you're open to anyone as you know adults and just promote that and, and show that you're willing to listen and to talk about the issues in the first place because that that little you know just willingness can can really go quite far i think oh yeah massively i think that's yeah that's just, yeah the whole willingness of being open i think it just goes back to just being nice to each other as well like just trying to be open and just open out and listen like i said it is such a it can be a tricky thing to to push someone to say but i don't know how did you i try to think here how did you how did you think that it was actually a mental health issue not just like a bad day that's what people always ask me as well like how do you differentiate between everyone has everyone has bad days like don't get me wrong but how did you realize it was something bigger than that? Yeah, the um, I mean the the main the main time that I 
think about as being something different from just a bad day or just a bad collection of days was um yeah it was about sort of three three years ago when I just started work so the differences the differences were prior to that you know I you it's normal to get anxious and a bit down about something that's gone wrong at work or if you're stressed about something that's coming up or even you know I was used to you know when you have binges you know you, you celebrate yeah. on the weekend or whatever after game you know that Sunday Monday could be a bit darker so you you have reasons behind the things yeah. that are going on um I, th- I think when we're in as bad for me was when there was sort of there must have been you know five or six of these combined but I th- it, the easiest way to explain it, it's just uh, you lose perspective on, on everything not not just on a point that's coming up in the future and you know what that might be causing stress about it you lose perspective on basically for me it was just everything in outlook in life so it's like you lose it's like things are two-dimensional rather than three so you're not actually um you can't actually see the things that you used to be able to see like you know friendships and uh you know enjoyable events or or thing even things just like you know going out to to shops or or meeting up with people that they're not it's like you've lost the whole category of just enjoyment for those things so um it's hard to say when that started to us but it's unmistakable when it's there because everything's just there's just a kind of just a grayness to what's going on so it's not up or down it's just a kind of flat zone that i was going through do you ever think about those sort of do you ever think about those sort of of feelings when you're with other people just when you're on your own and your own thoughts it's tough you know i mean i was i was coming home like i was around you know family at that time i, I hadn't moved out then because i just started work so i was saving up so i was around you know family and i'm generally you know close to my family there's no there's no distance there and and that in a, in a way that was making it worse because yeah i was coming home to you know my, my family home that i've been doing for my whole life and that's always filled me with you know a chance to relax and uh, speak to family and and it was having the opposite effect I was feeling huge amounts of guilt and dread about it because it's hard to face up to the fact that you know I'm I'm not feeling the same things towards yeah. my family as I had done previously and I could remember the difference between those and so that compounds the the guilt that you're feeling when you're in that mindset and <clears throat> because you are guilty it's it's hard to a to to say that to anyone because you you don't want to admit that that is what you're feeling um so and that you know around other people as well i I try and go out and enjoy myself as best i could but it it was actually harder probably around other people because you have to deal with that guilt that you're not feeling you know engaged with it you're not feeling happy about the situation so that was yeah that was the kind of moment i realized this is different from anything yeah. else I've gone through previously. It, it was it was the guilt, really. I bet in those social situations, though, I bet you still put up a front in the sense of I bet anyone else. Could I reckon not. No, I, I don't think no. so. I mean, and that's you know that's the thing that it took. I reckon I'd started f- feeling the way I did around September time, and then it, it so and then it it would took till you know December time around Christmas. When everyone's that was a tough, you know, when everyone's supposed to be happy and, and enjoying stuff, to be sitting around 
you know, a table or something and, and I, I can't even say a word, you know, I can't even look up at people around the table. That's, that's the level it got to for someone to notice that there was a problem with me. So prior to that, I'd probably been doing a really good job, you know, at just, uh, you know, just demonstrating everything's okay. So, so yeah, as we were saying, you know, it's tough to, that's why it's, it's, it's talking to friends and family as well about just even the slightest, you know, change could be worth following up on, but I don't know how, how it was for you when, cause you said you were, you were, you were younger then as well though, when, when you started to get through. Yeah, I think, sorry, just, just touch on the last thing as well. Fact, I think the main thing as well, especially more so probably for boys is I think we push it to breaking point before we do anything about it. Like it could be like, you, it takes, that's why it's quite difficult sometimes to realize if it's like a bad day or not. But I just kind of, the main thing for me was just kind of similar to you in the sense of things I used to enjoy doing, like playing sports if I didn't enjoy, or like going out of the house or like, yeah, feelings toward people, you just feel as if you're a burden. Um, that's how I kind of, that's how I like initially found it. But like I said, I think I was 18 when I first got diagnosed, but like I said, it took me a good, I never like properly started to get it sorted until like I said, like a couple of years ago, sort of 27, 26. Um, there's a few like, I think it's just, like I said, I think you just kind of snowboarded, you just kind of got, just got exaggerated, you got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. The same thing like when I first, generally when I first I got diagnosed and was 18, I just thought I'd oh, I just thought you'd get better. But without doing anything about it, without reading the books or something, you think you just, over time, it just gets better, it gets better. But when you have those same sort of thoughts, which you think are normal, that's when it kind of like, the ears kind of prick up. And I think I didn't really realise that until probably uni, when I realised like, some of those feelings aren't normal when you speak to other people about them. When you kind of like, that's why I love university in the sense of everyone's, I'm not saying I was quite privileged to get to like a good university and everyone's a bit, I wouldn't say more educated than the North, but like compared yeah. to like who you were dealing with before then, but like, yeah, everyone's from totally different backgrounds. And everyone's like, yeah, you kind of can, yeah. can be a bit more open. Like, you mean you had, you had some, so, so you had some soft Southerners show up. Oh yeah, you, I agree. The first no, time I, 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 I opened the gates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything. You can also open about these sort of things. I still think there's something in. I still think there's something. <laughs> do you think like, that is true? Do you think there is something yeah, in that? I think, think I think there is something like the north south of Adam's sense of. I think northern in general, they just kind of yeah, you kind of just put up a front and a bit more working class to an extent, and you just kind of get on with stuff. But yeah, I think yeah, that could be that could be a topic for another podcast. We're gonna to have to have a yeah a yeah debate. for we'll sure get, yeah. I'll get a northern and you get a southern and we can debate. <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was a big thing. I think. It's quite a good interest I'm reading now. I'm reading a book called uh, Embracing Your Inner Critic by Hal Stone. And that's kind of, it's all coming, it's going to take time, but it's all coming together here and there where the book kind of talks about your inner critic and the voice inside your head. And it's weird where when I was having bad days, I was just knew that that voice was normal. But say if I was having a good day, by like the end of the day, I'd be like, I'd give myself an inner critic and give myself to like, I'd like kind of analyse the day and be like, well, you could have done this well, just because I thought that was the norm. Like I, I always heard that voice and not having that voice, I kind of created it again. So it's kind of just trying to manage do think, that. Do you think that's where, do you think that that self-criticism element w was part of the, do you think that started some of the, the mental issues? Yeah, I think so. For you personally, is that, is that an element? And what, do you, where do you think that comes from? Is that just you personality? Or is that sort of um, upbringing as well? Or? I think a bit of both. I think I never really thought people's childhood can like dictate mental health issues and stuff to an extent but now when I've got older I've kind of realized like not necessarily like I love my parents stuff, not the parenting but just the culture that I was in so I was like 
I was the only Asian guy in like my football team and stuff, and quite a lot he kind of like obviously stood out. And there's quite a few times I got like racial abuse and stuff, but I just thought that was normal. And as he kind of got older, I was like, oh, this that's not actually like that's just not the norm. Um, so that's the same thing. I think it's just giving that voice inside of my head in the sense of if no one's shouting down on you, I'll internally shout down on myself. And I think it's just kind of like I said. I think I've just only generally only like realised this over the last few months. Um, through like therapy and through counselling and stuff, and rather, rather than it's weird because when like my counsellor mentioned it, it's a sense of if I did something good, I'd never pat myself on the back. I'd always be like asking for more. So that's self love, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Self love. Yeah. Then if I did something bad, I'd analyse it for ages and be like, beat myself up, blah blah blah. got a question then actually from from this chat we just had um and then everything else we've discussed what would you say to someone who i i know that because i sometimes think it and i have to stop myself from thinking it and because it just pops up in a little dark spot in my head but to, to people who say like oh we've had like enough of this kind of pouring hearts out wearing hearts on our sleeve like had enough of mental health discussions in the media and it's just going too far. Like, what would you say to someone who has that viewpoint on, on this? I think it's a very, it's a very old fashioned way of thinking about it. But that's the problem that I had where, and the main reason why I never opened out was because I didn't want sympathy. I didn't want sympathy. I didn't want sympathy from anyone. And also like, there's little, there's loads of little stuff. Like I just, you always think about what, number one, what people will change the way they act towards you. But number one, two, like, oh, they're just doing this for, like, an ulterior motive or, like, oh, they're doing this to get girls or things like that. And I was just, in my head, I was just, like, that's why I probably kept it so restricted for so long. But I think you should yeah. never, it's never a sense of, oh, pouring your heart out or anything. And don't get me wrong, like, I'd like to think everyone's got at least a couple of family friend, family members or friends where they can open up to. And they're not, we're not saying they've got to do it in this sort of scenario that we're doing it with. But I just like to think that the fact that we're both doing this is just putting ourselves out there and just being pretty open to make everyone realise who we are suffering that this is normal. Um, but I think, yeah, those people who do have those opinions, I think you should go shove up brass, mate. Uh, oh, what do you think? I can, I agree, mate. Of course I agree, yeah. Um, yeah, um, but, so, so I think it's, I think it's, you're right in that it's, it's, it's an old fashioned viewpoint um and it's hard we were saying this isn't it it's hard to to explain it effectively um when you might not have been through it or you might have been through something a bit different which worked out in a different way and it's um you know with if someone using this whole cliche that was started off this whole discussion but if someone breaks their leg you know you can empathize with that because you can imagine what, what that feels like we've all broken bones and stuff so that's no problem um, but when you haven't been in the same headspace as someone before, um, it's 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 very hard. As we've demonstrated through these chats, it's very hard to explain to someone what that actually feels like. And even what I would say actually to those people is that even if you do feel this, and even if there is an element of truth to it, and if, even if you think people are getting on a bandwagon and they are looking to cash in on this kind of craze that is like buzzwording at the moment 
just be probably just be aware that that could all be true for ninety nine percent of people. But if that if that one percent are actually feeling the things that they're saying they are, and and if they are in that headspace, then it's worth all of the kind of bullshit face up stuff to just yeah. get to get that one percent sorted. I and that's because we've both we've both been into those kind of scenarios. So we would endorse that one hundred percent. But it's hard to get other people to understand that the, these a, a are common now. I think it's becoming more common, more frequent, and more people are going through it. And the effects of the buzzwords are very real, and they can be very scary, and they can be worse for people, as we've already said about suicide rates going up and and all of this. So um, it's absolutely it couldn't be said enough. And the more it gets put it around on on podcasts and and out on the radios and in the airwaves the better really because i don't think it can be said enough to kind of stop those people getting into that position yeah definitely i think you hit the nail on the head there as well when you said and these people have these opinions are those who haven't really been accustomed to it haven't experienced it whether it's not them directly but them indirectly like friends or families if they haven't they haven't been around it in their life and they're always going to have this opinion and just be like oh they're just trying to do this xyz but when you're actually throwing it the deep end and actually our experience whether it's like a boyfriend girlfriend like things like that like that's when you begin to understand it more begin to be probably a bit more accommodating and understanding over these things um but it's such a weird mentality in the sense of i think most days i i don't know if it's for you facts but like it happens quite a bit where i know my first, my first thing of the day is to beat the voice inside my head. Like the first thing, that's the first thing I've got to do. Or one thing that I know is going to come about at some point, at some point in the day, it might come, it might come when I least expect it. I might see it coming, but it's just, I know I've got that on the side of my head to deal with at some point. Yep. Um, and it's just, that's the saying, it's, For sure. it's the way of, like we said, it's just the way of dealing with it when it comes across and realising it's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's going to happen quite a bit, but it's just acknowledging it and actually squashing it before it lets you take over. The yeah, the early acknowledgement of it is this the thing that can get it. And don't get me wrong; there are times where it surprises you. It just pops up here and there. But it's yeah, it's a very it's a very simple but complex paradox. Indeed. Well, well said, Mesh. That is a kind of, a kind of the English the English students, the pair of us, have come up with it. We need to put, um, we need to have a we need to have some glossary terms or something at the back of these podcasts as well. Mate, I can I can't even understand myself sometimes. But <laughs> uh, look up these words. I'm pretending to know. Yeah, we just I've got I've actually got a thesaurus just behind my uh, laptop here, so I'm just popping out or synonyms. I'm googling synonyms from there. Whenever I say things. All right, Meshi, here we are. Final final bit of business we've got to deal with. That is triple threat. So every time at the end of the show, Meshi and I will flip a coin. Loser has to do a song, a story, or a joke to finish off the show. So, just um, and just a caveat: n- neither of us are comedians, singers, or storytellers. No, this is just a bit of fun. This is just a bit of fun to to finish it off. Yeah, but um, we picked three three threats that we are not threatening at at all. 
absolutely <laughs> not. What? Can't three, three limp. Yeah, three three limp penises. Limp, but, limp um, well, um, have you got corn? Have you got corn? I've got corn. Have you got corn? Oh, I don't. I think I know. I've got. I've got. I've got. I've got. I've got yeah, corn. I want to see this as well. So we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on video. Okay. So I can bring up to this. Great. Yeah, we are on video for those who aren't watching. So, so heads, heads, you go. Tails, I don't. Wait, what? Well, I was going to call it in the air, but no. Okay, we'll, we'll from we'll always be one or the other, should we? So no, I like no, no, we can't, we can't, no, we can't miss. So no, 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 no. One of us will be one, and the other will be the other. Do you think? So heads, so, heads, you go. Tails, I don't. Yeah, heads, heads, I go. Tails, you go. Oh, I tried to, I tried to trick you there. I couldn't get past oh. an Oxford graduate there, could I? Um, no, nah, not so, not so easy. I was about to fall for that. No, all right, no, okay. you can keep call, call it there, call it there. I'll call it in the air. Heads. Oh, heads. It is heads. Oh, what does that mean? That means I have to. Means I win. Yeah. Means you got to go. Oh, okay. This is, oh, God. I wish you prepared. This is interesting. This is interesting. I wish you prepared for this. I'm just absolutely sweating it. I'm going to have to. I'm going to get nervous. I can tell you're, you're visibly shaking. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go for a song, but to get in the mood, okay. to get in the mood of it, I might have to turn my video off. Uh, I'm could... not sure how com- not sure how comfortable I feel no? about that. Oh, right, right, right. Why? You might you might put on you might put on a pre-recording. Of you, no, no, we have to do which, we have to, if when, which isn't the same when we sing we have to do a cappella because we don't have any of the rights or anything. But I mean, I think yeah. if the other person ever wants to join in on some backing vocals or a chorus, then they're more than happy to. No, I won't. Do that. I just will say that for any lawyers watching, it won't sound like the song anyway. So there's no. Oh, speak copyright. speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> There's no copyright infringement risk at all. It's just one man trying to sing. I, I will. I'll join in maybe if I like the song. Depends how you serenade me, Mish. That's yeah. This something. is very yeah, very true. Right. Okay. Off we go. This is a piano for anyone who doesn't know the music. Put on my blue suede shoes and I, I boarded the plane. Touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues. In the middle of the pouring rain, WC handed, won't you look down over me? Yep. Yeah, I got a first class ticket, but I'm as blue as a boy can be. Then I'm walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. Walking with my feet and feet off a bill. Walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. But do I really feel the way I feel? There we go. See, I think that's great. On, I honestly, I cannot just stop sweating. Honestly, I don't know how this isn't just me saying this. In in the toilet, I was doing a shit before the show, right? <laughs> and I was thinking, what would I do? I think that song came up. Oh, you're lying. Me. That's I'm not. I love that song. To Mark that's Karen, great. It is, yeah, it reminds me of like X Factor or like American Idol. That's what they love. They love that kind of thing. They, yeah. they, fantastic. Banger after it's banger. It's a ballad. It's a it's a rock ballad, isn't it? It's a ro- it's a road driving car. So that that's the <laughs> that's the pedestal now for the end of the first episode, fact to say. Yeah. I feel bad now. Should we do one more flip? Because it's the first episode. Should we do one more flip? One more flip. One more. Yeah. Right. Coin again. And if you do well, yeah. Oh no, okay. no, no. You can never know. It's the coin talk. You never know. It's the, the, coin, coin, the coin. The coins. We've got yeah. The coin rules. Okay. Heads. Heads again. Oh, this is a joke. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. I'm not a joke. Heads again. Well, well I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to sing again because only, yeah, 
I only know one song. I can't see. I can't see the coin at all. So you're you're very honest, Smash. I no, to be fair, I, pre- yeah, I appreciate right. it. Right. Yeah. No yeah. point trying to trick the coin. Okay, honest. what are you going to go for? <sighs> story or joke? You do, you've got great jokes. I'm going to. Yeah, you're going to have to decide if it's a story or a joke. But um, okay. So actually, obviously during lockdown, I've taken a real interest in looking after my health and well-being. So yeah, went on the other day, did a, an online eye test. It wasn't too bad, to be fair, but. The main result was that I came out colorblind, came completely, yeah. came completely out of the purple. <laughs> see, I love to. I really like them. I love. I, 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 I love dad jokes, and I've got a lot. Of, to be fair, I've got more jokes than songs, but I, I, you got them all. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of like the crass jokes. You just want to be the old ah. The only seen a cracker. I've, I've always loved. I've loved your jokes, Smash. Well, I, I don't know if other people do as much as I do, but I really, I really like them. So. That's why we always have to host the bloody buses at the end of rugby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clean clean jokes. That's what people want. And they want a, a variety act, don't they? They want someone who Trip, can sing, so someone, they, <laughs> someone who can tell little, jokes. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can, triple, we, triple threat, just exactly. as we said. And we, and we can do neither of them. Uh, That's it. Health and E, there we go. Please like us on Instagram, at all charts pause. Please share it, tell your mum, tell your nan, and hopefully you put a few smiles in your faces.